Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Hey, excited to be back um, on Tuesdays. Uh, we unite around witness, uh, testimonies that encourage. And uh, we're going to be hearing from two students today. And uh, really, Testimony Tuesdays, we can kind of phrase them that way. Um, and uh, really, Tuesdays is a time where we really want uh, to give over the time and space, the stage, for you to be hearing from one another. And so um, we have uh, just a sweet uh, start to this, uh, to this trajectory for this year on Tuesdays. And we have two seniors that are going to be sharing. Um, they both serve um, as our spiritual development assistants. So they um, come alongside of myself and our spiritual formation team and um, help and assist in chapel programming and spiritual development event programming. Um, and they have such a heart for the Lord and a heart for you. And uh, so let me introduce both of them. Let me pray for them. And then I'm going to invite the first student on stage. So the first one you're going to be hearing from is Isabel Lopez. She is a, a senior history major, a minor in social justice, and also an Acts 6 scholar. And, um, and she's got a fire for the Lord. So, so just buckle up this morning. And then after that, uh, I'm going to follow it up with Danny Christian, who is also a senior uh, nursing major. Uh, very, uh, just a humble, uh, meek brother in Christ, and uh, one who's going to uh, really exude just an authentic passion for Christ. And I think um, for both Danny and Issa, um, I think you'll hear a lot of just a lot of entry points and kind of your own story, your own testimony as we are journeying and continued growth in, um, in our Christ likeness and our identity in Christ. So let me pray uh, for them and for us, and then I'll invite Issa up on the stage. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Uh, that we have Jesus, but only first because Jesus chose to have us. And thank you that he went to the cross, that our souls have been purchased by his blood, that in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. And thank you for your grace that you've lavished upon us. I pray, Lord, for each of us, that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know Jesus better and that you um, would, would work in and through Isabel and Danny as they share with us. And may our hearts be open to receive your word through them for your glory. And in Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, amen. So please welcome Isabel Lopez. people out here. Thank you. Okay, what is up everybody? As you know, I'm Isabel Lopez. Um, so first off, I only have 12 minutes, so I'm going to go right off the bat, because God has done a lot of things in my life, ones that I probably can't even cover. There's 21 years of pain, 21 years of joy, 21 years of so much that God has done, and this is just a snippet from what it is. So one of my favorite songs, it's called Asa La Raiz. It means that into the root that who you are, that of who you are. And that's like my one of my favorite songs because it made me realize that everything of who I am, every single piece that I hold is a snippet, is a root from a memory or from somebody that has given it to me. Whether I realize it or not, it's something that has caused me life, has caused me joy, or has caused me pain. <laughs> and so... Growing up, um, I was born into a Mexican household. Um, my mom and dad were, are both from Mexico. My mom being from the north, my dad being from the south. They met in Chicago. That's where they ended up having me and my two older brothers. And then from there, by the time I was three, we moved here to East St. Paul. 
And so growing up there, I remember just a lot of pain and unsettledness in the house because my parents hated each other. Um, there was always fights constantly happening. I still remember milk just being poured all over the kitchen because my mom threw it at my dad because she was just done with the abuse that he was doing to her. And I, I remember cops coming into the house and her saying that don't take him away because he wasn't a citizen and he potentially could be deported. And that was her decision saying that she still wanted him in our lives. Now he's a citizen, praise Jesus. Um, and so growing up with that, it was a really toxic environment. Um, but my first best friend was my brother, Aaron. He was my older brother, and I, I loved him so much. He, I adored him. Well, uh, the nickname I would always give him was Lon. Um, he, was, he was everything to me. But by the time he hit fifth grade, he completely turned. And he made me feel like I was the most ugliest person in the world. I remember him just, like, do the same thing that my dad do with my mom and just hurt me, abuse me, say mean things to me. And I know as a... Uh, I know as a, little, as a little sister, I could get annoying, but at the same time, like, it, it just embodied everything that my dad did to my mom. And it left a lot of scars in my heart. Um, and so then later on, growing up, um, through all this, wow, this is kind of hard. I'm not going to start. So when I was four years old, before all of this happened, Loneliness was there. It was very present, and loneliness was, like, the one thing that I didn't realize was huge in my life that identified me. But the one thing that helped me numbed it to not pay attention to it was when I was four, I was exposed to sex, and I didn't know what it was. I don't even remember what happened. I just remember feeling, I just remember thinking, I want to do it again. Like, I, I liked it because for a second I could numb out everything that I'd felt. And it was with two older girls, so I thought we were playing. I thought this was just something that you do. But it made me yearn for more. It made me yearn lustfulness so much more. So with the distortion of, like, of how I saw men in my life and the distortion of lustfulness, it was something that I would bound to run into over and over again. And so growing up as a Latinx student, um, I grew up going into bilingual school. Half of it was... Latinx students, half of it was white students, and you could tell right away the biases. All of the Latinx students would always be in trouble. They would have to stay after school because they had to catch up, while all the white students were praised and they, you know, would do well in school. And that was something for me that, like, that hurt me a lot because it was an unspoken rule. It wasn't something that I was making up in my head. It was just something that, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm Latinx, so that means, like, I'm dumb. Like, I can't do good in school, so why am I trying? So in my head, that's what it registered to. That was my truth that I thought was meant to be. And so growing up, by the time I hit middle school, my dad, he'd always have affairs, but it got to the point where he got somebody else pregnant. And I didn't do well in school at all. I was failing all my classes. I didn't care. I was letting guys use me whatever, whatever way they wanted to. Um, and I was just broken completely. But by the time I was a freshman, I, I met God. And, um, and when I met God, I remember feeling just so loved and actually feeling like somebody, like, was there for me and was, wanted to hold me. And I was just like, 
I, I think I couldn't even believe the fact that somebody really wanted me and really wanted to have me desired because to me that didn't make any sense. And so it was so hard to know that like this is who I am. I'm loved. I am I'm cared for. And so being a, high, being a freshman in high school, sex was first there before God was. So, but my whole years of high school, I'm not, a, like, I'm not, I look back and I'm like, I'm ashamed of it. But it's like, I would play hide and seek with God where I would go and do the things that I wanted to do lustfully with guys. And then I would come back crying to God, like, I'm sorry, this was not okay. And what I didn't realize was that it was covering up something bigger there. I didn't realize how lonely I was. And, and it shows because of the fact that I'm somebody who's very extroverted and somebody who, like, wants to love on people. But because I had the lustfulness there, it just, it numbed it. It made me feel desired. It made me feel like I, I was worth something, especially from guys growing up with men just, like, completely making me feel like nothing less. I just felt like, oh, this is the time that they can make me feel something more. And so growing up, um, growing up in Christ, that was something I always dealt with. And then finally when I got into, when I, when I was my senior year of high school, I, I, was, I applied for a scholarship and then I don't know how I did it, but I was able to do it and I got a full ride scholarship at six. <laughs> that in itself was like huge. Um, but what I didn't realize was all of the pain that I was still carrying inside of me. That was something I, I didn't even want to look at. So I, I chose not to look at it and not to pay attention to it and just keep going forward and do what I had to do as a good Christian girl, as somebody who, who knows God. And so coming here to Northwestern, um, I had realized this is how... How if you are born in the right place, how if you are born in the right household, you are bound to succeed. And if you are not, if you are born in one of the, in my neighborhood, you're probably going to end up working a dead-on job, which is most of the people in my high school. And all these people are people of color. And I got so mad at when I came here to the point where I lost who I was or to the point I didn't want to love anyone because I was like, nobody understands that the fact that there's people that have that are made in the image of God, that are living a lie that society has given to them. So I was just angry because everybody here was, feed, was fed the truth and yet people took it for granted and I was pissed. And so like I just didn't want to be here. I was like, what's the point? Like I was so, I was angry. And so um, I just, I... I just became a stone. I just became a rock. I didn't want to love on anyone. And I knew I was called to, and I know God was pushing me, but I was like, no, like, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to love on anyone. And that was chipping away of who I was and my identity. And I was like, I just didn't want to step into that anymore. But one thing I didn't realize was that I was letting my scars dictate who I am and dictate what I was going to become and who I was going to perceive myself. I allowed my scars to let me, I just sat in them and just felt ugly and disgusted and not happy for who I was. And so finally, like it always is, there's a boy that walks into your life. And I guess this guy was different because for a second he made me feel like he, there was no physical intimacy. It was pure like emotional and mental. And he made me feel like I wasn't alone for months. Like he affirmed myself. But then he would go with any other girl and I would just be his rebound. Um, 
And that broke me. That broke me so bad. And one thing I realized through that was that, like, this boy, his stain is always going to be on me. Like, the brokenness, the scars that he put on me is always going to be in my heart, and I can never give that away. And what, what the one thing that God made me realize was that, like, everyone you have ever met, everybody you've encountered is going to leave on stain on you, is going to leave a dent on you, is going to leave an impact on you, a seed, a weed, something on you. And it's your choice whether or not you can see your heart as a whole and walk through that pain and walk through that scar and understand with the depths of it. Because that's who you are at the end of the day is that like God wants to walk through those scars with you and understand that you are loved and that you are good within all of this. And so it took me about a year to actually walk through my scars and understand that I'm like, I'm loved and I'm good and I don't. There, I am nobody to say and look at somebody and be like, I don't want you to be a part of me because I'm denying love. Because at the end of the day, since God is love, then I am love. My identity is in love. That I am a part of a huge tapestry. That my heart is a tapestry full of people that I can potentially love and encounter with. It's whether or not I want to make a decision and know that their, their part of me is valued and something I want to invest in. And so like... That's something that I've learned that you have to do every single day is encounter the people that you have now and know that they are somebody that you want to have a deeper relationship with. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, <laughs> I know right now I'm still in a place where I'm still healing. I'm still trying to understand my scars. I'm still trying to understand who I am. But I have so much more hope now. I have so much more life. And I know for a fact that once I keep walking this, my heart's just going to keep getting more and more like Christ because I am open to the love that people are willing to give me. So, yeah. My slow walk to the podium. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, Katie? Um, so you guys know when Paul says things, when he like opens like a letter to um, like, like the Ephesians or like Corinthians, like somebody he's like writing to, he'll say something like, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And my personal favorite, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God, the Father who raised him from the dead. So I'm like, Paul has like all these taglines and stuff, and I, re I really, really wanted one. So um, my name's Danny Christian, spiritual beast, baller for Christ. Nice to meet you guys. All right, so before I tell you my story, I want to tell you like where I'm at now. Where I'm at now, like I really like really, really have been redeemed by Christ. I'm actually like standing in a point where like I know my fulfillment comes from Christ and I wake up every single morning excited to step in deeper with him. And I just, I love intimacy with God. It's my favorite thing. It's my motivation. Relationship is the reason I wake up in the morning. And I actually, I'm very confident. And I don't say that as like this like braggy kind of thing of like, let me like start, start really quick. But I say that because it's, it's the truth. It's actually something Christ has done in me. Um, I walk with, like, a little bit of a strut, like, when I walk, because it's just, it looks swaggy, and, 
Um, and and I, I come in the presence of God with boldness, and I come in the presence of God with confidence now. And I really, really love myself. Like in the most humble way possible, I really, really love myself. So when I was, I was like a, a little boy, I was a really, really good boy. I was like a goody two-shoes. I was the dude who always followed the rules. I was really good at staying in between the lines when I was coloring. I was a mama's boy, so I'm proud, proud to say that. Um, yeah, that's right. I, uh, I was a big people pleaser. And it wasn't because I like really loved following the rules, it was because I was scared to break the rules. And what I found myself doing is I was really, really scared to disappoint people. I was scared to disappoint my parents, my teachers. I was just really scared to do something that was outside of the lines of what I was supposed to do and like proceed to do. And what this did is it actually oozed into my perception of God. I saw God as this white old dude in the sky with like a big bushy gray beard who was really mad because he had a set of rules that I was supposed to follow and if I didn't, he was gonna be pissed. Let me tell you right off the bat, that's not who God is, okay? Um, but what I did is I worked really, really hard to earn favor with God. I would try to come before God with right standing, following the rules, saying all these things like, like, um, like if I don't read like my Bible for like 30 minutes a day, God is going to be mad. If I don't pray for like 30 minutes a day, God is going to be mad. Guys, I was like a little kid. Like, I was thinking really hard about this. And um, if you've read Roman t Romans 10, like, that's not how it works, like, at all. It was not working for me. So um, one thing that happened soon after that with my misconceptions with God is that I, um, this is me fast-forwarding a little bit, by the way. I, I started going to this camp slash working at this camp. And what I noticed was this, like, huge distinction in between what they were saying God was or who they were saying God was and who I thought God was. And I had like this internal conflict and I was like, what the heck? Like we're not even talking about the same person anymore. The person they're talking about and the person I'm talking about could not be the same entity because they're so distinct. And it was actually kind of exciting. Like I'm not gonna lie. It started like this curiosity in me, like constantly asking myself, who's God? And um, it started this infatuation with this idea and the search of, like, who is God? And I got really good at it. I became, like, the Jesus guy who, like, knew who God was, at, like, all around. And I don't say that as, like, another bragging thing, but I say that because I actually just didn't have a lot of, like, strong Christian influences in my life at all. And I was, like, the only person I knew who actually, like, loved God a lot. And... Um, I, I, I was searching this out, and I found a lot of really cool things. I found God is Lord. Whoa, heavy revy, right? I found out that God is Father. I found out that God is my friend. And I loved knowing God as Lord because it exhorted me to act in obedience, and I loved knowing God as Father because I felt protected. I felt safe in his arms. And I loved knowing God as friend because it made me feel like somebody was always there. I didn't have to be lonely anymore. I had a friend. And um, I, um, like I said, I was like the Jesus guy. People kind of started knowing me as like, oh, like I could say big words when I prayed. Or like I wasn't the guy who was like scared to go talk to people about God. Um, but I still missed it. 
I still was not like dead on on how I was supposed to walk in, in unity with Christ because what I did is I was cutting my relationship in God with half because, in half because it was all about him. My relationship was all about him and um, nothing about me. And if you guys know anything about relationships, it takes two people, right? And if I'm cutting it in half, what am I doing? I'm sabotaging the relationship. And I would, out of super good heart, like, my intentions were, were pure and stuff, but out of, like, a super good heart, I would say stuff like, I just need to get out of God's way so he can move. That's weird, guys. Like, God wants to use us. He wants to partner with us. He doesn't want me to get out of my way. He wants me to do it with him. But this was my misconception. I thought it would just be easier if God did everything and I got out of the way and everything was, like, about him. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit earlier, a little bit later. And I am finishing my freshman year here at Northwestern. So there's a lot of freshmen in here. Good to see you guys. Um, you guys have a lot coming for you, and it's really, really good. Uh, maybe eventually it'll be like some of you, like on this stage, like sharing, like, this is how Christ impacted me. And I hope it is. Um, but what happened was I really liked this girl, right? Who knows that? You get, like, the warm butterflies in your tummy and stuff like that. And, yeah, you know, he knows um, <laughs> but what happened was, um, I was, I, like, spent a lot of time thinking about if she liked me. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that conversation didn't go well. She hates me now. Shoot. I spent a lot of time, like, staying up at night, like, what does this girl think of me? And eventually, I, I, like, confronted her, and I was like, hey, girl, I, <laughs> what's up? Like I said, I, I, didn't have my, I didn't have, like, my swagger and confidence yet, so I didn't say it like that. Um, but what happened was I was like, hey, I like you. And she was like, oh, dope. Like, I like you too. I was like, yes. So um, we went on, like, this super cute date, like, super cute date, guys, super cute. And um, soon after that, she started dating this other dude. Caught me completely by surprise, right? You're like, whoa, what the frig is going on? That's how I felt. <laughs> Um, so, what happened, and then, so I was like, well, that really sucks. <laughs> um, then they broke up, and I was like, oh, I'm back in the game. All right. <laughs> Let's start making moves. And then they started dating again, and I was like, shoot. <laughs> but then they broke up again. So I'm back in the game, right? And, like, I'm, like, I'm trying to pursue her the best way I know how as, like, a Christian dude, and she stops texting me back. I'm like, what the heck? And, like, my limit is three texts. I will not send more than three texts without a response because then it gets weird. So I sent her three texts, and she never responded to any of them. So I was like, that's it. It's done. Um, I'm not texting you again. And uh, I came to, like, this really hurt me, like, genuinely. Like, there, my identity was so wrapped up in what she thought of me. It took me on this, like, um, like emotional identity roller coaster where I was getting tossed back and forth, where I was constantly confused about my identity. And it honestly, like, I didn't know what was going on. I, like, I could tell you, like, my identity. I'm a child of God, right? Like, I'm redeemed. I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ. Like, I could tell you that, but I didn't know it, like, at all. I wasn't living it. I only knew who God was. I didn't know who I was to God. And there's two privileges in this Christian life that we get to experience for eternity. And the first is to know God, and the second is to be known by God. Guys, relationships take two pieces, two people, to fulfill a relationship. So, let me just 
move my papers really quick, very nonchalantly. Um, let me look at the time too. Okay. So I, I went to church and my, uh, I like, I'm back at school at this point and I went to church and we're singing, do you guys know that song, Pieces? I forget who it's by. Um, Amanda Cook? Oh, I love Amanda Cook. Yes. So Amanda Cook, we're singing Pieces and stuff and our pastor says, I think that there's some of you out there that have been hurt by a relationship and you've forgotten that perfect love comes from God, not from people. And I would love for you to come up to the front afterwards. And I was like, that's exactly for me. That's me, man. So I go up to the front after, after worship and I, I tell him my story. And I'm like, this girl hurt my feelings. She started dating this guy twice. And like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm hurt by it. And this is like a long time later. And in, I swear, in like the most loving, somehow like gift wrapped way ever, he's like, Danny, you don't know your identity. And I was like, what? I was like, you don't even know me, first off. Like, I know my identity. I'm a child of God. I'm, like, a follower of Christ. I could, like, list the things off, right? And I genuinely, like, wasn't mad. I wasn't sad. I wasn't hurt by it. I was just like, he just doesn't know me, right? He doesn't know that I actually know my identity. But, like, his words haunted me. I literally could not shake them, like, for, like, the life of me. I was constantly just reminded by his words, like, you don't know your identity. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know my identity, <laughs> right? And... I started this new infatuation with who am I to God. I love knowing what God was. I'd been studying who God was for so long, but I had no idea who I was to him. And I started this infatuation that I'm still on. It's pretty good. It's, not, it's never ending, right? Infatuation doesn't have to be something that ends. And flip my paper again. I, these ideas and questions and applications started to fill my head of like, what does it mean to step into my identity in Christ? Who am I to God? And um, I, I started realizing new things about myself. I realized that I wasn't a slave to my circumstances anymore, that I, I wasn't a slave to my feelings. I, I wasn't a, a slave to how people perceived me. And I wasn't a slave to even how I perceived myself, right? Um, and I'm here to tell you that you guys are not defined by your circumstances. You guys are not like defined by what that cute girl or what that cute boy thinks of you. You're not defined by the opinions of the world. You're not defined even by your own, like the status of your own mental health. You're not defined by your sexuality and you're not defined by an addiction that you might have. And you're not even defined by who you say you are. And you might be like saying to yourself like, Danny, but I, I actually do have mental health problems. Danny, I actually like am addicted to something. But Danny, I really like that girl. Those are very valid feelings. And I just like, I actually really want to validate that. That's like a real feeling that you actually like have, right? And it's very real to you. Some of you have been very hurt. And like there's deep wounds that you have from things like that. But the reality of Jesus on the cross is so much bigger than the reality that those things are trying to tell you. Those things don't have a right to tell your identity. Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross has a right to tell you your identity. The creator God has a right to tell you your identity. And in no way do those things ever define you because God defines you. So, uh, I'm just going to share with you how I have discovered this in my time and infatuation with this. Um, I am, and you are, a new creation because when Jesus died on the cross, he actually accomplished something. 
he, he didn't die and then you went from like old man sin to old man sin. You went from old man sin to new creation in Christ, right? The cross actually accomplished something. We're in the new covenant. Um, secondly, um, you are made worthy to commune with the author of creation. That's like a big moment, okay? That's your identity. Um, you are grafted into the spirit of adoption and you are set free from bondage and sin. You actually are free. And you are co-heirs with Christ. Those are some big words, and a lot of it sounds like this Christianese. Christianese just means, like, language that Christians use all the time to, like, get their point across and stuff. Or, like, things that they just, like, say so often that it goes over their heads and we forget what it means. But those are real words, and those are actually what the Bible says. C.S. Lewis has this quote, and I'm going to paraphrase because he uses really big words that I'm not going to use. But he says that if we actually understand who we were, we would be tempted to worship ourselves. If we were on the bus and we actually understood that the person across from us was created in the image of God, we would be tempted to worship them if we didn't know who God was. You have the right to walk in confidence and full assurance of who you are and who you are to God. You have the right and the invitation to walk with a little bit of a strut because you know who you are right? You have the, the right to love yourself. To not love yourself is actually to coming, is coming into disagreement with God because God loves you. And I'm not saying that in condemnation, but I'm saying that as an invitation to step into something new. To, dis, to not love yourself is saying, God, you're wrong and I'm right. I'm not worthy of love. And let me tell you, God is right. You are worthy of love. It is okay to love yourself. And he doesn't see you for what you've done. He, seen, he sees you through the lens of what Christ did for you, and you should too. Why? Because it's actually just the truth of what he's done. All right, guys, we're going to worship a little bit. Love you guys. I'll see you later.